90.7 WTCC. Good morning. Welcome to the Spoken Word. I'm your host, Bishop Talbert Swan. Good morning to everybody tuned in on all platforms. Everybody on Facebook, Earl Reed, Keyshawn Dodds, Nancy Lee, uh, Kathy Swanson, Linda Hillman, Miles Morales, Lisa Glass-Swan, MJ Hill, Tanisha Spring, Carolyn Roberson, all of y'all who are over on the Facebook side. And for all of y'all on the Twitter Periscope side, hit me up, rep your city, your town, let me know where you're coming in from. And welcome to y'all over here on the Instagram side as well. New York in the house over here on um, on the uh, Periscope slash Twitter side. Uh, and I know I got I got Western Mass and all y'all, you know, uh, in my sights here. Um, but listen, listen, Allentown, Pennsylvania, good morning to you. Um, as part of its new long-term partnership uh, with the NFL, Jay-Z's entertainment company, Rock Nation, good morning, Macon, Georgia, um, launched an apparel line and a music project that will support programs under the league's social justice initiative called Inspire Change. But given the NFL's recent history on the issue, many of us are skeptical of the move. You want me to buy shirts so you can take part of my shirt money and you decide what organization you want to give it to to fight injustice. How about I take my whole shirt money and give it to whatever organization I feel like donating to that's fighting injustice? Make sense? (laughs) I mean, um, this initiative is hypocritical at best. Um, The league blackballed Colin Kaepernick for leading peaceful protests against social justice. This is what you black folk who are on the Jay-Z bandwagon, y'all have to help me understand how you wrap your head around this thing and, and how your logic works. Help me understand. How does a league blackball a black man for leading a peaceful protest against social injustice and then say they're going to inspire change and fight social injustice. How how does that make sense? How do y'all rationalize? What type of mental gymnastics do you go through to make that make sense to you? A league led by administrators, filthy rich white male administrators and uh, teams owned by billionaire white men who all donate money to Donald Trump and to conservative causes that are anti-black, anti-social justice, anti-civil rights. But somehow y'all rationalize that these same dudes 
can blackball a black man for shining a light on social injustice that they still want to fight social injustice. How, how, how do you do the mental gymnastics to get to that conclusion? Well, he gave Jay-Z a contract. They give a lot of black folk contracts. Half the league is black. They're making money for them. But y'all somehow rationalize this and think that they're serious. I mean, the same year Kaepernick's organization, Know Your Rights Camp, began hosting camps for young people and teaching communities about their legal rights in police encounters. We got this nonsense. Um, I, I, I mean, remember in 2018, it was Kaepernick who announced that he completed his pledge of donating a million dollars to organizations helping underserved communities. This ain't nothing new. Cap been doing it. Now the NFL is going to dupe y'all into thinking they're for social injustice because they're going to, they're going to take your money as you buy inspire change apparel and go to concerts. And they're going to give a small portion of it to organizations that they decide are worthy to have your money. Sometimes black folk can be the most gullible people on the planet. It's amazing to me how gullible we can be. Give me your money, buy my merchandise, make me richer. Then I'll take a little piece of what you give me and give it to who I feel like I want to give it to. Oh boy. I mean, this is, this is insane. It's absolutely insane. So, so, so on September 5th, on Thursday, the, the opening night of the NFL in Grant Park, they're going to have a concert. All right. Going to have a concert, um, in Chicago. And you know who is featured in the concert? Yeah, Meek Mill is one of the featured artists in the concert. And the reason why I'm singling out Meek Mill is important. Of course, you know the the legal troubles Meek Mill had. Um, and, and they just announced that he won't do any further time. Um but it'll be Meek Mill, Rhapsody, Megan Trainer. Um, they're going to be in the first Inspire Change concert. They're going to be Inspire Change advocates of the 2019 NFL season. So they're going to perform this concert in Grant Park ahead of the NFL's um, kickoff game uh, featuring the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Now, here's the problem. As I said at the beginning of the program, seven months ago, remember, uh, Super Bowl time. Super Bowl was just February of this year. And in February of this year, remember when Travis Scott was going to perform for the Super Bowl, 
Jay-Z took shots at him. Meek Mill took shots at him. Meek Mill tweeted out, for what? And then told him he needed to stay strong in, in the fight against the NFL. This is what Meek Mill said seven months ago. Seven months ago, Travis Scott was a sellout to Jay-Z and Meek Mill. Okay, for all y'all Jay-Z fans, I'm not going to go with Jigga. What you doing? What you doing? It's time for actionable items. Uh, you know, I'm with Jigga. Well, seven months ago, Jigga was calling Travis Scott a sellout. How come seven months later, Jigga putting together concerts for the same NFL that hasn't changed anything? other than giving him a contract. It's the only difference. Seven months later, the same Jigger, the same Meek Mill, that were blasting and dragging Travis Scott as a sellout for performing at the Super Bowl, putting on a concert in Grant Park on opening day of the NFL. Now, how come Travis Scott was a sellout seven months ago, but Jigger and Meek Mill ain't sellouts today. Somebody help explain that to me. 413-736-2781. How does that work? How does that work? Nothing changed in the NFL. Collins still blackballed. They still don't want black athletes protesting injustice. Nothing changed. Other than they gave Jay-Z a contract. But Travis was a sellout. Jermaine Dupree was a sellout. You know, everybody who got on the Super Bowl bandwagon last year was a sellout. But now we're past that. We're going to inspire change. (laughs) I mean, if this ain't the biggest hypocrisy, you know... I don't know what is. I don't know what is. I have no idea what is. Um, I mean, all the way around is hypocrisy. You know, um, you know, and those tweets didn't age very well for Meek. You know, they're still up. You can go check them out. Where Meek is is going in on Travis. You know. Um, about staying strong in this ish. But yet Meek ain't staying strong. Meek done sold his soul. You know, Master Jay-Z said, get up there and do this concert, boy. And that's exactly what he's going to do. 413-736-2781. Let me give you a couple announcements. Um... On this Wednesday, we kick off the annual Holy Convocation for the Nova Scotia Ecclesiastical Jurisdiction Church of God in Christ. It will be here in the city of Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, at the Whole Truth Temple Church of God in Christ, 8 Norfolk Street. Uh, On Wednesday evening at 7, opening night, our anointing service, our keynote speaker will be the Bishop Theodore Brooks, who is the presiding bishop 
of the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World. Um, he's the he's the chief apostle, presiding bishop of that nationwide um, Pentecostal holiness movement, and he will be with us on Wednesday night. Um, Thursday, our youth explosion is at 6 p.m., and the elder A.J. Bayman is the keynote speaker. That evening service at 7.30 p.m., uh, our fellowship service, the bishop-elect James Gill, uh, Harvest Fellowship International Churches, uh, will be speaking to us. On Friday is Women's Day all day. We start Friday with a scholarship breakfast that will be at the Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ at 10 a.m. It's the Bishop Walter Teague Memorial Scholarship Breakfast. Uh, then in the evening at 6 p.m., our Women's Hour, Jurisdictional Supervisor of the Women's Department for Nova Scotia Jurisdiction, Mother Valerie Fields, will be the speaker. Then at our 745 service, um, Mother Fannery Bayman, the Jurisdictional Supervisor of the Women's Department for the First Jurisdiction of Massachusetts, will be the keynote speaker. And then on Saturday at 12 noon uh, will be the official day service. And yours truly, uh, Bishop Talbert Swan, uh, will be the speaker on that service. So join us this week. It's, it's going to be a wonderful time of fellowship, empowerment, and inspiration. Uh, and we'd love to have you in the house during our Holy Convocation Wednesday through Saturday at the Whole Truth Temple Church of God in Christ. And then I want you to... Uh, get your tickets to the annual Freedom Fund Dinner for the Greater Springfield NAACP. That takes place on Thursday, September 12th uh, at 6 p.m. at Shea Joseph Banquet Hall. Go to our Facebook page for the Greater Springfield NAACP. You can purchase your tickets right on Eventbrite um, and, um, and 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 be in the house with us Um on September 12th, the keynote speaker on September 12th, that's my friend, the Bishop Rudolph W. McKissick out of Jacksonville, Florida, a great preacher, um, great humanitarian, great church, and uh, a great activist. Um, so you want to be there. Uh, and if you know anything about the speakers that we bring in uh, for the NAACP Freedom Fund Dinner, uh, you know you don't want to miss this one. You don't want to miss this. Um, so get your tickets uh, for that as well. 413-736-271. So Dave Chappelle has a special on Netflix. Stand up on Netflix. Um, it's controversial, y'all. They say it's controversial. Um, it's called Sticks and Stones. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, you know, if you don't like profanity and stuff like that, then maybe you better not see it if you got sensitive ears and so on and so forth. But, you know, you got to filter through some stuff to get certain messages. Um, now, now there's a he talks about guns. Um, um, he talks about LGBTQ. He talks about the disparity with how America dealt with the crack cocaine epidemic versus how it is now responding to the opioid crisis. 
Um, and of course, we know uh, the crack cocaine epidemic had a black face and opioid has a white face. And so uh, they they deal with it differently. Um, so he waded into some controversial areas that people shy away from now, because, you know, in cancel culture now, as soon as you say something that's controversial, people are ready to cancel you. You know, um, you're they're they're done with you. Uh, you know, you you made it may not even be a mistake. It may just be something they disagreed with. They disagree with one thing you said. Now, and I'm canceling you. It's it's crazy. You know, I get I get all these people on my social media, um, and you all who know me and who listen to my program, you know that. Um, I'm a fair, fairly straightforward kind of guy. I'm a fairly candid guy. I don't mince words or tiptoe through the tulips. I kind of, you know, say what I'm thinking. Um, and sometimes it might be a little colorful. It might seem a little harsh. Um, uh, but, you know, that's just who I am. Um, so I get these folks who are fragile and, you know, they get offended and, uh, over the slightest little thing, and then they make these announcements of how I'm unfollowing you now because you hurt my feelings. That's the kind of world that we live in now, um, that as soon as somebody says something we don't agree with, we want to cut them off. That's what cancel culture is all about. We don't want to accept the nuances that come with people. We don't want to accept the reality that no one we come in contact with is going to agree with everything uh, that we think or say unless we clone ourselves. So as long as it's a different human being, you're going to have a point of difference with them. And if you cancel everybody you've got a difference with, then you might as well go off on an island by yourself. And just be with you and entertain yourself. Um, you know, we need to cancel, cancel culture. It's 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 insane. Um, and so Dave Chappelle makes folk feel uncomfortable. Um, they squirm, but laugh while they squirm. Um, you know, and he deals with some some very, um, you know, uh, controversial issues that people they they don't want to fight for. I mean, they don't. I mean, they don't want to um, deal with. They you know they're scared to touch because uh, they don't want to get canceled. Um, you know, uh, so so he says some things that make people feel uncomfortable. He says you're either um, fighting Donald Trump or you're a MAGA apologist. You're, you're either pro-choice or you're stifling a woman's right to make her own decision um you know there's like no gray area this is what he's saying about the cancel culture it's like there there, there are no nuances you you either believe all women or you're anti-me too if you don't believe you know all of them um and the world is just not that black and white it's just not that simple um, and so a lot of people got upset with some of the things that um, Dave Chappelle had to say. The Atlantic called it a temper tantrum. Uh, the Root um, said it was lazy. Uh, the Ringer said it was predictable. Um, Vice magazine urged its readers to skip it all together. Um, so they're pretty upset. They're pretty mad uh with 
Dave Chappelle. But when you dig into Sticks and Stones, um, you know, it, it deals with current events. Um, it, it, it deals with the issues of the day. He starts out talking about Anthony Bourdain's suicide. He closed out talking about Jesse Smollett's hate crime and dealt with a whole lot of other stuff uh, in between. Good morning, caller. I thought it was one of the most compelling, most articulate. I thought it was a wonderful, wonderful show. Excellent. Everything he said, he just hit it right on the nail and left no fluffiness here or there. He wasn't. He just came out and said what really needed to be said, what a lot of people are thinking, but they're just afraid to say it. So that's ridiculous that he's getting all this uh, negative publicity from it. And, and, you know, but but he had the, the, the thing is he had the courage to say, knowing the culture today, knowing the whole cancel culture, Absolutely. knowing when he when he takes a look at how people castigated Kevin Hart. And, of course, our prayers are with Kevin Hart uh, in his accident, uh, how they castigated mm-hmm. Kevin, mm-hmm. Kevin Hart and uh, and so many others based on controversial things that they've said. He knew he'd be taking a risk by saying the things he said, but he said them anyway. I would have said the exact same thing. I'm going to watch it several times just to, you know that thing <laughs> thank you so much brother all right thank you for your call 413-736-271 and if you've seen it and you want to comment on what you felt about it you don't have to agree with me i mean if you were incensed and you thought it went too far um feel free to say that you know i think he he kind of thrives in this comedic uneasiness um that that's his area Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, Bishop. And he was funny. He was uh, funny. So the most important part of it was it was so funny. The way he delivers, he's a comedian like um, uh, the late Dick Gregory, even Richard Pryor. It was so hilarious that it gave me an opportunity to laugh at myself. Right. And also, right, it took away for that moment of time listening to him. It took away the the pain and the sufferings of what we are going through, and particularly as, as, as a nation of black people in America. And to see that brother articulate everything that we talk about in barbershops and the different places that we uh, uh, be at as, as men and stuff, man, it was. That now, now, so the, now, the point funny. you just hit is key, and I thank you for that. The point you hit is key. Took away some of the pain momentarily of what we face every day. Comedy for black people has always been a catharsis based upon the drama, the brutality, the oppression that we go through in America. And to be able to sit back and laugh at some of the things that we say, to be able to even make jokes about some of the things we go through is absolute brilliance. You're absolutely correct, brother. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yes, good morning. I just wanted to um, weigh in on uh, the Kaepernick and um, Jay-Z part of your your topic you're talking this morning. Go ahead. Now, um, Kaepernick did basically what he had to do as far as, you know, our treatment in this country for our people, black people, and um, other people of, you know, different backgrounds and like that. So right now the platform that uh, Jay-Z has, 
uh, he's totally coming up with another way that sounds more feasible, sounds more nicer to those people that really don't want to hear stuff, you know, coming out straightly like you just said that uh, Dave Chappelle was a little bit rough, but he, he told the truth on how things are happening back in the day. Now, 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 here, now here's the deal, though, with, with, with the whole Jay-Z thing, okay? Um, if he's serious about fighting social injustice, and if, like I said, if Travis Scott was a sellout last year for kowtowing, so-called, to the NFL and performing at the Super Bowl, why is he not a sellout this year? And if he's serious about social justice, he has a big enough platform where he could have did an initiative like Inspire Change on his own. Or he could have partnered with, you know, social justice organizations in the black community on these issues uh, and kept the NFL completely out of it. Why try to convince us that a league that has proven it is not in support of our fight against uh, injustice is our friend all of a sudden. Well, we, you know, we, we all know that, and you've been speaking about that right along, is that uh, these people are, uh, our people that's out there in, the, in the, all these professional teams, are, that's us, that's, you know, that make money for these owners, and somehow these owners are making it seem like, oh, okay, what, you know, we are just a pawn, we can do it out here like Kaepernick, and Right now, now, and and, and, and see that's that's a point right there. Now see now see the point you made there. Somebody said to me uh, in the last day or so, um, I never stopped watching the NFL, and that's that's cool. That's that's your your choice. He said the NFL employs a lot of black people, gives a lot of black people opportunities. You know that argument is half true. Um, yeah, the NFL, uh, majority of the players in the NFL are black. Um, but the majority of the talent in America uh, in that sport is black. And if we you didn't and if you didn't have black people in the NFL, would y'all be watching it? Would they be making the kind of money that they make? No. So let's not pretend that the NFL is doing favors to these black athletes by giving them a contract. These black athletes are making them money. Let, let's not get it twisted. Yeah, bits, bits and pieces that are making compared to the owners. So, uh, you know, I, I just always commend you on, you know, the stuff you come up with and the way you weigh in on stuff. And uh, just keep up the good work because right now we're always on the same page. And the pages that we're on is coming out with the truth and letting people know that you need to get in the thought pattern of your own rather than jumping on the bandwagon or Facebook or whatever and going along with everybody else. Because I'm not going along with anybody unless I know that it's right or it's wrong. So just keep up the good work, sir, and I appreciate your effort. All right. Thank you for your call. 413-736-2781. What do you think about it? Um, um, Jay-Z doing the right thing, yay or nay? Um, You know, uh, what do you think about Meek Mill calling Travis Scott a sellout, but now... Uh, he's performing, you know, for the NFL. Um, you know, what do you think about Dave Chappelle's stand-up? Did you watch it? Are you going to watch it? Um, did he go over the top? Um, you know, or, or did he not go over the top? Um, 
you know, should he have touched on the subject matter that he touched on? A lot of folks are upset because he said Michael Jackson's accusers were lying. A lot of people are upset that he talked about, you know, the LGBT um, community. A lot of folk are upset. They're mad. They're, you know, and they do want um, them to cancel um, uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, What do you think about it? Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Hi. Hello. This is Bishop. This is Bishop. You're on the air. Hi. I'm just calling because um, I totally agree with everything you said. And I'm a Christian, and I actually did watch the Dave Chappelle show, and I was like, this man is on it. And, I mean, I had to filter through the, the uh, profanity, but he was telling the truth, and all of that was he was correct. And um, the cancel culture, that wasn't. That didn't get me as much as what he was saying about. Uh, Go right ahead. There's a delay. Don't listen to your radio. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, you, you were just talking about something. I'm just. It's just amazing to me. It's just that I. Uh, I totally agree with him. And um, I'm gonna have to get out because <laughs> I'll just get nervous. But yeah, sure. I, I did. I totally agree with his. Uh, his uh, everything that he did. And everything that he said, and, and I'm a Christian, and I was like, you know, I, I'm just going to feel through the profanity because I'm just tired of nonsense, and I'm tired of the gun culture. And one thing I totally agree with him about is when he said that um, if the African Americans would all get guns, and I was like, that's it. Oh you man, know, we you know you know how long we've been saying that that and and you know here's the thing that just a little quick trip down memory lane, the first time the NRA and conservative white guys supported gun control legislation. It was called the Mulford Act in California. And the reason they supported the Mulford Act to stop people from being able to carry loaded guns in public spaces was because the Black Panthers showed up at the state capitol in California with loaded guns and and seeing these black men show up with loaded guns, exercising their uh, Second Amendment right, um, shook white folks up so bad that even the NRA joined in in pushing legislation for gun control. So if you're right, if black people all of a sudden went out and started buying firearms en masse, you better believe they would change their mind about these gun laws in in a heartbeat. Amen, Bishop. And I'm going to tell you, that right there was worth just the whole entire, um, uh, everything he said. I said, when he got down to that, he just said, we can change it, black people, we just work together and get guns. And I didn't know where he was going with it, and then he said, then the laws will change. I was like, wow. Okay, he was correct. Absolutely. I appreciate your call. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. 413-736-2781. Uh, is the number here. So we had another mass shooting in Texas. Now, remember, in July, FBI Director Christopher Wray told a Senate committee, and I'm quoting what he said. He said, I will say that a majority of the domestic terrorism cases that we've investigated are motivated by some version of what you might call 
white supremacist violence. This is from the director of the FBI. He said, quote, we take domestic terrorism or hate crime, regardless of ideology, extremely seriously. I can assure you, and we are aggressively pursuing it using both counterterrorism resources and criminal investigation resources and partnering closely with our state and local partners. We, the FBI, don't investigate the ideology, no matter how repugnant we investigate violence. Now, he admits, and they reported, that right-wing extremists were linked to all of the murders by domestic terrorists in 2018. All of them. All of them. Every single one of them. Now we've got another shooting in Texas. And, of course, the suspected shooter who was killed by police was a white guy. Um, of course, they they never know the motives. It's always, you know, we don't know the motive, blah, 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 blah. And, and, you know, what's amazing is as soon as a black or brown person is accused of a, a mass shooting, they automatically assume the motive to be terrorism and start calling it terrorism. But whenever it's a white person, they don't ever want to label a white dude as a terrorist. So it's always, we don't know the motive. We don't want to jump the gun. We don't know what the motive is. So we can't call it terrorism. No, because you can't call a white dude a terrorist. That's what that is. Um, So this latest guy... Seth Ator, 36 years old, from Texas, white male, murdered seven people, injured 22 in Odessa, Texas, had a criminal record, but still got an AR-15. Let me say that again. Had a criminal record and once upon a time failed a background check, but got an AR-15 anyway. No wall, no Muslim ban could have kept him from doing what he did. None of that could have kept him from doing the, 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 the biggest terrorist threat in America, like it or not, love it or leave it, deny it or accept it. Our white supremacist males. That's real. That's, that's what it is. What it is. Vanilla ISIS, you know, Y'all Qaeda, Hezbubba, Talibabi, whatever you want to call it. It's white supremacist males that are the biggest threat in terms of terrorism in America. Like D.L. Hughley says, I ain't worried about ISIS, I'm worried about us's. Talking about other Americans, particularly white male Americans. Um, but somehow, some way, without fail, every time, every time, the shooter is a white dude. 
They don't talk about his upbringing. They don't talk about poor parenting. They don't talk about inherent criminality. They don't talk about political ideology. They don't talk about him being radicalized. It's always lone wolf, loner, depressed, mental health, and video games. Black people have been playing video games since there have been video games. It don't cause us to go around the country shooting up people. Black folks suffer and every other demographic suffers from mental health. Matter of fact, one out of every four people in America suffers some form of mental health. Whether it's mild or severe, one out of every four has a mental health problem. How come it only causes white males to go around shooting people up? And you're ready to stigmatize anybody with a mental health issue to give cover to crazy white men and boys. You know, when when the Muslim brother ran his truck into the bike path in New York City, killing eight people, 46 minus one immediately tweeted, Without knowing motive, without knowing anything, he just knew he was a brown Muslim. And he immediately tweeted, death penalty. Death penalty. He didn't know any details. Death penalty. These last few shootings by white supremacists who credited him with inspiring them, he talked about, oh, we got a mental health problem. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, Bishop. But Swan, this is Annalise Bonza. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. I've had the opportunity to hear your show for a change on Monday. Um, years ago, someone told me about an author, Dr. Harry Edwards. And Harry Edwards, I believe he's still living. He's a sociologist, a black man. He's written a very, very powerful book called The Re- Revolt of the Black Athlete. And I just wanted to drop that. Um, He's been a staff consultant to the San Francisco 49ers and to Golden State Warriors. Um, So if you really want to explore, uh, he's studied the experience of black athletes. Very fascinating work. And I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, Again, it's called The Revolt of the Black Athlete by Harry Edwards. All right. He might be retired by now, but uh, just wanted to put that out there. It might be interesting for you or, or others to to read what he had found he found over the years. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Uh, all is well with you. All is well. Yeah, I'm in Kansas City, Missouri, so um, doing well, hanging in here. <laughs> all right. So, so in the same week, I'm I'm actually hoping to come back 
to Massachusetts in the next couple of months. I'm trying to, uh, I'm going to kind of revive some uh, previous work that I have done, oral history, but with a focus this time on um, entrepreneurs, and particularly entrepreneurs who have, who have, um, who have contributed to black people and black communities all over the United States. So it just won't be in Massachusetts. But, you know, sometimes when we talk about entrepreneurship and, and also black communities, we forget that a lot has been done and there's a lot to be celebrated. So I'm hope, hopeful that uh, I can do that soon in the next couple of months. And Massachusetts will be my first uh, visit. All right. Springfield. Make okay. sure you hit us up when you get there. And in the meantime, eat some barbecue for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't eat much meat, but I, I'm going to have something good today, of course. Some, some kind of grill. I might grill some vegetables. How about that? All right. That'll do. Put some barbecue sauce on it. <laughs> of course, I'm in Atlanta. I'm, I'm not in Atlanta. I'm in Kansas City. We're, uh, we're the home of uh, great barbecue here. Absolutely. Appreciate your call. All right. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, uh, Bishop Swan. Bishop Swan, I just wanted to weigh in on the Jay-Z um, conversation. All right. And I just wanted to say that um, when I was listening to the news um, report that they were doing with the newscasters, first of all, the newscasters, they weren't even asking them the right questions. Then all they talked about, it was nothing about social justice. It was only about, it was just basically about entertainment, the NFL, entertainment, the NFL. And so then um, when they asked Jay-Z about, you know, what his change was going to be, he never did say. He just said, oh, we're past kneeling, and he went off, off just talking crazy. Then finally he mentioned him and Robert Kraft are doing a prison reform thing. So I said, isn't he the one, Robert Kraft is the one that was involved in that sex scandal? Mm-hmm. With the Patriots? And so to yep. me, he should be in jail. So how's he doing a reform? Right. He needs to be reformed. You know, so, right. So that's, you know, that's all I want to weigh in on. But like you said, it's all about money. And we know it. And Jay-Z been stepping on people for years. So, it, you know, we know what it's all about. Thank you. All right. Thank you for your call. <clears throat> 413-736-2781. Happy Labor Day. I'll take your calls until the show close. Um, yeah. Um we're going to concert our way out of um, injustice. We're going to party our way. The 2000 party over. Oops, out of time. Matter of fact, Dave Chappelle started out his um, his show with that uh, uh, song from Prince. Um, yeah, we're going to party our way out of social injustice. I, what what is the what is the um, concert going to do for Elante McDowell, young black man? who was brutalized by police um, in Illinois um, just this past Saturday. You know, I mean, if he had on an Inspire Change T-shirt or hat, would the police have not beat him? Is that is that is that what this is going to do? You know, get your Inspire Change apparel. It'll serve as a shield against police brutality. Police won't beat you as long as you got on the NFL's Inspire Change apparel, right? Is that is that what it is that what's going on with that? Of course, you know I'm being facetious. Um, it's it just it, there's no dots that connect anywhere, anywhere that that says 
that this is in some kind of way going to make a substantive difference in the extrajudicial murder of black people and, and the brutality against us uh, in America. There's just nothing that, that, that indicates that in any way, shape or form. Um, I'm confused about it, but I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just, you know, not seeing clearly. Who knows? Four one three seven three six two seven eight one. What I do know uh, is is we're not past kneeling. We're not past, um, uh, you know. And 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 here's the thing, you know. I've I've been doing social justice work for my entire adult life. Um, and it, it's always interesting to me that folk who have never risked anything, never risked anything, their family has never been at risk. Um, they, 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 you know, they, they haven't gone through what some of us have gone through. You know, when, when the police threaten they're going to indict you on bogus charges unless you apologize to the police department. Um, and you have to defiantly tell the district attorney to 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 go take a hike. Um, then come holler at me. When 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 police um, literally uh, show up in front of your house first thing in the morning and park across the street to intimidate you holler at me when when they when they literally follow you around the city just to harass and intimidate you come talk to me when 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 you're at a point where you're receiving death threats on a weekly basis okay um when 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 literally people are threatening to kill you um and when you have, um, you know, a spouse and young children at home and, and, and you literally um, have to send them, you know, out of state uh, for their protection, then come talk to me. When, 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 when people start denying you opportunities that you deserve, um, because they don't like your public stance on social justice issues. Come talk to me. Um, when, 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 when people literally um, take out their frustration with you on your children, you know, when, when your children are denied opportunities because I don't like your daddy, Bishop Swan. Um, when, when your church and organizations have um, contracts taken away from them, funding taken away from them because you challenge the powers that be in the city or state who are responsible for distributing those funds and to pay you back, they took the funds back. When, 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 when you start risking life and livelihood for the struggle, Come talk to me. But it's always the people who have not risked anything that are jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, we need actionable items. It's past kneeling. And they ain't never knelt. They ain't never risked nothing. They ain't never went to a protest. 
They have never stood up on any principle and said, I'm willing to sacrifice or to risk my life or livelihood for this purpose. That have the loudest mouths when it comes to discussing this issue. So, you know, I, I, I stop listening to certain people unless you can show me receipts that you put some skin in the game or that you put something on the line. Shut up. Okay. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, Bishop. Uh, this is Margie. I'm calling from Westfield. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, I think most of Kaepernick's, Colin Kaepernick's fellow players that are working are employed. They're older. They're less skilled. Um, I want to say loud and clear, I stand with Colin Kaepernick, and I will continue kneeling for him. I don't care where I am. And, Bishop, I also wanted to say to you, um, our executive director of Arise for Social Justice, Michael Ambusey, passed away, and I want to thank you for your loving public statement and admiration of her. Absolutely. Absolutely. Michael Ann um, was a warrior. She um, um, she and I disagreed on a lot, but we agreed on most things. And literally for over two decades, we stood shoulder to shoulder on some very critical and important issues in this city. Um, and there's some things that, that, that wouldn't have happened in this city without uh, collaborating with Michael Ann and Arise. Uh, we never would have pushed toward ward representation on that 12-year journey um, that it took to finally get there. Uh, we never would have been able to block a biomass plant. And there's so many things that that we never would have you. been able to do. I have do. marched with her um, against police brutality and so many issues that we do have in common. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming out because we miss her very, very much. But we're going to keep going. Pass on the baton. Thank you, Bishop. All right. Thank you for your call. Yes. Matter of fact, um, uh, we did have a moment of silence on behalf of Michael Ann. And I know there's going to be a memorial service uh, for her coming up. Um, And uh, so once again, our condolences go out to her family and to the entire Arise family, um, you know, for her loss. Once again, I want to remind you, want to remind you, want to remind you, a couple important events that are coming up um, this week, next week. Um, matter of fact, um, yeah, they're, they're right on, we're right on the heels. We're right, we're right there. Um, our convocation is this week. Um, the NAACP um, Freedom Fund Dinner next Thursday. Y'all need to be in the house. You need to get your tickets. Get your tickets. Now, you don't have to get a ticket to the convocation. You can just come to the convocation. Um, but you need to get a ticket to the NAACP um, Freedom Fund uh, Dinner 